bless him. God, we thank you for your sacrifice. At this time, we're going to stand to our feet and make welcome our senior leader, Apostle Dr. Suzanne Howard. The wonder-working power of Jesus' life. The wonder-working power. Praise the Lord. The soul-saving power. Thank you, Lord. Bless his name. Come on, right now where you stand or where you sit in just the quietness, just bless his name. Just bless his name in whatever form you like to bless his name. Just bless him. Come on, right there. In the quietness of the storm. Wow. How beautiful. Just take a minute. Y'all probably owe him a tithe of your time anyway from all week. Take a minute. We learned that on last week. We owe him at least two hours and something a day. And it's still an hour more if you discount your sleep time from it. But who wouldn't want to tithe on sleep? I want to get up in the morning. There's some things I'd like to do, right, before I leave this earth. So I bless you for sleep. I honor you in my daily prayer and devotion for life, health, strength, and sleep. Amen. You can have your seats. Bless God. It's wonderful to see our long, he's not lost at all, our long, what's the word I can come with? Our long faithful son, Troy. It's good to see Troy in the house. Amen. Come on, give a wave. You wore that nice suit today. You know I got a rag on it. You look very handsome. Amen. Isn't it good to see him? Wow. See, there's so many, so many growth spurts with Troy. It's so good. He texted me while Danielle was up here exhorting. He said, Ma, that is definitely your daughter. He said, My God, that is your daughter. <laughs> I think he tried to say something about our big mouth, Danielle. Yeah. <laughs> At least we know who to use it on, right? Bless him. Let's get our Bibles. Amen. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 6. I want to even, uh, I don't think I personally thank the musicians for what they've done with this area over here. Y'all came in here and a whole Saturday, got it all together, organized and decluttered and dewired, and they did it on a Saturday, y'all. Can we honor them? For real. Amen. And for everyone who's doing everything that it takes to get this thing done. Amen. Matthew 6. Let's go down together to uh, verse 10. Hopefully we all know it. <laughs> and I know we have different translations, so uh, I'll read it, and perhaps you can just read it uh, to yourself as you go over the scriptures. Let the internal self read it. Is that all right? Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 10. Our Father 
in heaven. May your name be honored. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done here on earth, just as it is in heaven. Give us our food for today and forgive us for our sins, just as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. How beautiful, huh? Is that all right? While we're there, let's go to chapter 16, um, verse 27. Jesus was talking to the disciples, and he's sharing a lot of um, leadership teachings and nuggets and wisdom and training with them. And he begins to explain how if you want to be a follower, you got to put aside your selfish ambition. You got to shoulder your own cross and then follow him. And he shares with us that it would not be wise for us to try to keep our own life because that's when you're going to lose it. Kind of goes with Job. The thing I fear the most, he said, has come upon me. Mm -hmm. But if you give up your life for me, you will find true life. Then he tells us how to benefit if you gain the whole world, that you actually lose your own soul. He said, is there anything worth more than your soul? Is there? Because the soul means what? Mind, will, emotions. Anybody want to lose their mind for the world? Yet we see it more common than ever right now, right? He said, for I, the Son of Man, will come, and I will come in the glory of my Father and his angels, and will judge all people according to their deeds. Then he says, and I assure you that some of you standing here right now will not die before you see me the Son of Man coming in my kingdom. So we learn in Matthew chapter 16, a uh, special reference to verse 27, he's telling the Jewish audience, the disciples that he's speaking to, that you're going to, some of y'all right here today are going to see me before I die. You're going to see the kingdom of God coming before you leave this earth. And today we're still wondering when is Jesus coming? Then when we flipped over the pages, we went to Matthew chapter 6, and he says, but thy kingdom come. And he told us to pray, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. But yet he told this same audience over 2,000 years ago that you are going to see the kingdom. So how does it make sense that he told this group that before you die, how many years does man get to live? If we're lucky, <laughs> if we're lucky, 90. I'm praying for 90 if I'm healthy. I just want healthy 90. If I'm not healthy, then we can renegotiate this contract because I don't want to live here unhealthy, wired up, bedridden. That's not a quality of life, right? So if we're blessed, we can live till we're 90 or healthy or whatever it is y'all are asking him for. Anybody ask him for a life? Anybody ask him for a long life? Y'all should start including that in your prayers. And even, you know, talk to him about how long I would like to live, Father. 
You know, at least to see the grandchildren know that they reverence you. That's a prayer of mine. When I need to see Peyton living according to your will, and I already prayed a, a prayer that if she goes out of his will, yeah, it's going to be like going out of the Garden of Eden. Yeah, she going to definitely get it. And I could even hear her when I'm in heaven. Grandma and Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm getting it together. I'm getting back in my right place. I done prayed some things. When I, um, when I learned that there's a blessing, because God has divine order, right? And there's a blessing. There's an authority that he gives parents to pray on their children. And so many children today in the world are missing out on that blessing because the parents did not know that they were supposed to pronounce that blessing on the children. And when I found that out, and I really studied it in detail, she was still in her months. She wasn't walking. And I remember just kind of writing ahead of time the things that I had um, wanted for her life, according to scripture, some personal things that I wanted as her grandmother, some things as a woman. And I remember getting the oil and laying hands on her and um, doing the um, prophetic blessing for children exactly the way John Hagee had taught it and how the Jewish people still do it to this day. Um, and I begin to pronounce you know, the gift that will be an operation for her, the office that she would move in, the platforms that she would reach, the husband that would have to show up for her. I decreed and declared all this before she was even walking and before she was even talking. And when, um, when I spoke that, I wanted her to have the gift of singing and that her singing would only be to benefit the glory of God and that she would probably get um, engagements to go sing into the world. But if she found herself in her heart losing the motive of worshiping you versus entertaining the world, that you would convict her or even take her gift from her. Because I'm not setting my granddaughter up to entertain anybody. That was a prayer I prayed. And when she started singing, the whole family was like, we she nobody singing our family. We think we can sing in the family, but no, how is she singing? And I wasn't remembering the prayer I prayed. And then one day I thought about it. I was like, oh, because her grandfather caught himself having a band when he was younger, but that was just to get girls. He thought he was fooling somebody. His voice wasn't all that. And uh, he was like, she got it from me. I was like, no, she sings way better than you at six than you did at 30. So then the Holy Spirit brought it back to my remembrance that I prayed and laid hands on her to have a, a singing voice that would worship God and that a stranger's voice she would not follow if she got off track. See, that's the relationship of being family to an apostle. It's always tight, but it's always right. And I said, if she begins to entertain the world, take the gift off of her. If she operates for money or power, take the gift off of her and she would get a, a regular job like everybody else because she didn't appreciate the anointing that was on her life. And I prayed about some specific things and when I see her, you know, kind of blushing over the little boys in school, I ask her some questions about the little boys. She's like, I don't know all that, Mima. I said, those are the things you need to know. And those are the things you need to ask early. I said, because if this, this, is this and this isn't in line, you don't smile at them anymore, you understand? When you see them at school, head down, hand up, and you keep going. You're like, Nima, sometimes I think you're prejudiced. I said, I am. I most definitely am. Is the kingdom of God at hand in his life? Is his parents in his life? 
Is there a functional household? Will it be a home that you will be welcomed into and embraced? Will you be welcomed into a family that loves you? Not no division, not no, I don't like her and he don't, we're not having that. That was not the purpose biblically for families. They met, families spent a year together before couples were married so that the families could mesh together and wish this couple well. Now we got mother-in-law issues and baby, 16 baby mamas want to fight up at the wedding and drama. I'll resurrect from my grave. That is not her portion. And if she chooses to go that way, there's a consequence. Just like he put those, those angels outside of the Garden of Eden, there's going to be some Eden she ain't going to be able to enter back into. It, it's nothing worse when you tell your children something and they think they know better. And you have to allow that space. Otherwise, he wouldn't have mentioned the prodigal in the Bible. We have to allow that space but when you find yourself when you feel like you're with the pigs and the swine come on home get it together and that's the prayer I'm praying on her like don't stay out there long trying to make something happen that wasn't prophesied over your life she's clear on what was prophesied over her life what I was able to share I didn't go into details about the mate and some other future things but she knows if you go off track and 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 no hate and no um I didn't hear this revelation from God, but I showed her examples of Whitney Houston, Elvis Presley. They all got their start in the church and someone came and said, bow down and we'll give you the kingdom of entertainment. And they bowed and received the kingdom of entertainment and the kingdom sucked their soul dry. And now they're only remembered for their singing, their gift. Nobody even remembers them as a human being, what really was done. Even the remake movies of Whitney Houston, it's all about her singing and her gift. We don't know too much about how she was as a woman, as a Christian, what her mother raised her up in. So if y'all haven't done that to your babies and your grandbabies, if you got parents that don't believe in it, when they want you to watch those babies, say, sure, I'll watch them. And you take them in the room, and you get that oil out, and you read Psalms 27 over it, and you start decreeing and declaring. You will not have a self-sabotaging spirit. You will not be traumatized by your crazy parents. This rejection that is on your life, because a lot of children are being rejected. I had to speak rejection. Even though mother and father may reject you, God loves you. You will not have a spirit of rejection on your life, because no matter how much I grandmother her, I'm not her mother. So I have to bind the spirit of rejection from being on her life. Because the worst thing for individuals to go through is to feel rejected and abandoned. It follows them all of their days. And the Bible tells us that. Sorry, there was a bee on you and you caught it right on time. I'm leaning like, don't make me have to. <laughs> April's like, lean, Apostle's leaning, everybody lean. <laughs> bless the Lord. So please bless your children. There's even a, uh, some teaching coming back out I've been seeing lately um, where people are getting a better understanding of why we have to pick names for our children and why we name our children the names we mean them and what's in a name. I remember when Prophet Lisa was teaching that even a storm cannot manifest on the earth without the weatherman having to name it. There is a name for everything. And stop naming your kids stuff when you hide. 
I'm going to sound like Kevin Hurt, Kevin Howard. He said, stop writing on yourselves. We got to speak to this generation. Stop naming your kids all this crazy stuff. It has to have a meaning to it. And when you're not following God, you'll be surprised how much you're actually following the enemy. So Jesus told these disciples that you will not taste death before the Son of Man comes. But yet we know it was over 2,000 years ago. He was talking to a Jewish audience who I shared on last week was so believed and, and of the opinion of themselves that this Messiah was going to come in the form of a man, but he was actually just going to be a leader over them. They didn't want the Messiah to come for the Gentiles. They still don't. Do y'all know that? That's why they don't really receive Jesus. And there's a great, huge evangelism going to the Jews right now because the Jews wanted a Messiah for them. They were the chosen people. Key word, were. Now I'm chosen. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm his favorite. Come on, somebody. Y'all better establish yourself in your adoption. Mm-hmm. And they were saying, well, how is this going to all happen and this reign is going to happen? We talked about last week. Who was the reigning governor? The government. Who was it? Rome. Yep, that was the government. And who was the reigning governor or king? Herod. Yep, that was Jesus' time, right? And then we went to Caesar, right? And Jesus used a lot of his teachings to explain how his government works by the government that was in operation at the time. So he came, and he came before they died, but they missed it. I wonder sometimes how many of us would miss it because of what we think he should look like or she should look like. Don't y'all hear that too? Jesus was a woman. I guess he got to be fluid now to meet everybody's demands. Uh-huh. Right. So he promised us that the kingdom of God will be seen before this particular audience was to die. So please understand today that the kingdom of God is no longer in heaven, it is on earth as well. And it's not two, it's an extension. He made it clear to us that the kingdom of God is at hand. As Apostle Matthew stated, it did come, but they missed it. When Jesus died on the cross, we know that he went to hell and he came back with the keys. He had keys of authority, keys of death, keys of hell, death in the grave, everybody says something differently, meaning the same thing. He rose and then he had a meeting. And when he had a meeting, he explained exactly what the kingdom of God was going to be like. And he talked in John chapter 20, verse 21, after his resurrection, peace be with you. He showed his hands. He showed his side. They were overjoyed to know that it was the same Messiah that was crucified publicly for everyone to see. And then he breathed on them as well. And he said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. And he decreed his people free from being bound. I want to help you evangelize in a kingdom perspective instead of in the church way. You don't need a bullhorn on a corner. Your bullhorn is your job, your family, wherever there are gatherings of people. And you know what you need to start praying? I decree you free 
you are no longer bound in Jesus' name. And if you're bold enough, say it so they could hear it. Watch the response that you get. You are an ambassador of the kingdom. And with your ambassadorship, you have the rights to give passports. Do you understand me? You have the right to naturalize a immigrant into the kingdom of God. But you have to deem them free and no longer bound. When is the last time you evangelized someone like that? I can't wait. I'm going to do it in the store this week. Because people always want to talk to me. So I'm going to give them something to talk about. You are no longer bound. You are free in Jesus' name. With your children, with the people in your household, with your family, especially if you are one that people call to give their problems to, complaints to, whole bunch of stuff going on. Guess what so-and-so did in the family? Guess who said this about you in the family? Guess what happened at the last family reunion? I deem this family free in Jesus' name. This family is no longer bound. And say it until those words take plight until those words become arms and feet and action. Because remember, our father, right, spoke and things manifested. And if we are of his DNA, we have that same power to speak and see things manifest. But our, our delay or our, our lack of being able to see it, I'm doing all of this but it's not happening, is because there's somewhere in you, there's still that church thread in you that causes doubt and disappointment and confusion for you not to believe the whole entire word. Understand that in the beginning, the Holy Spirit was on the earth. When man sinned, the Spirit left the earth. When God said, I regret it or I repent it, depending on the, the synonym that you use in the Bible, that's when the Spirit left. He didn't mean that he made a mistake you know, if, you, if we stick with the, I did a lot of studying this weekend on the word um, regret or repent, and it, it's, I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain because people who are not walking in a level of apostolic authority kind of mix up flesh with authority in the apostolic. But sometimes God gives us revelation, y'all, that these world dictionaries don't have yet. And if repent means to turn, when he repented that the Holy Spirit was on the earth, he repented, meaning he removed the spirit off the earth. And that's when it went from just dwelling amongst us to us now needing to be sealed with it, to be filled with it. Do you get me? Understand, please, that there's no influence on this earth. There's no government without the Holy Spirit. That's why it is important not only for Christians to have this political influence and position, before you go and sign up to be in any kind of political government, how about you start playing, praying as a political ambassador? Start praying for the politics. I challenged y'all a few years ago to tell me who was gonna be the next president of the United States. This information is available to us because we don't want to be a Democrat or a Republican. We want God's man for that assignment. And if he's and after God's using him for those four years and he goes back to being a crazy pharaoh, that's not our business. But what is God's agenda in this era, ERA, this dispensation of earth, 
that's the man or the woman that we want in that house. We're too caught up on these political bodies and we're missing who it is that has God's agenda. I, I'm still blown away. I still have conversations with some of y'all, especially the prophets. I'm blown away that what this last presidency came down to had nothing to do with money or the betterment or the welfare of any of us. It came down to two things. Anybody know what they were? Abortion. Had nothing to do with the inflation. Hmm? Y'all don't remember? I ain't gonna tell y'all. Y'all supposed to know this. We're kingdom people. It was two things that this election came down to. It was all over the TV, it was on all the news channels, and, and it was nothing to do with the things we are concerned with. Immigration, that's close. So what is the kingdom of God? What is God's influence on this earth? Y'all will get it. Some of y'all ain't gonna be able to keep up with this message now. You gotta go Google. <laughs> so what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is God's influence on earth. How is God influencing you or I or us on this earth if all we know is church? I want to, I'm gonna speak it again and then I'll, I'll back it up with the scriptures but I want, to, I want to get this thinking into you because I started it on last week. Please remember that the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, was what John the Baptist preached about. He was the foreshadow. He heralded. He spoke it. He warned us. He gave us hope for those that were following Jesus, that the kingdom of God was coming. Please understand that when Jesus came, the kingdom of God arrived. That's why as much as we love this prayer that we read today, and people are still trying to teach it and reteach it, we have grown past that prayer. Because we're no longer praying, unless you've never prayed it, that the kingdom of God be on the earth. It's already on the earth. Even though Jesus has left the earth, when he came, he specifically said, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom is here. And the citizens who govern that kingdom is us's. And if we're not governing the kingdom, what do you think would happen to a kingdom that's not protected by its government, its citizens, its laws? What do you think happens? And first, straight chaos. Is that kind of like what the church looks like right now? And I'm trying to be very careful when I say church and kingdom because we've meshed them together. So it's all in our teaching and in our minds and we have to work hard to separate the two, right? I talked about last week on basilica, or basilia versus the ecclesia, that a lot of us promote the ecclesia, but the ecclesia is the body of people. It's the church. That's not enough. It has to be the Basilia. The kingdom of God is at hand. So heaven is where God is. The earth is where we are. And we are to rule the earth. How's that working out for you? Who's the last person you voted for? And what was your basis behind their vote? Was it a kingdom reason? Or was it because of their color? or their gender. I know people that can't stand Hillary, but voted because she was a woman. 
Where's the kingdom mind in that? What is the kingdom? God's influence on earth. Where is heaven? It's where God is. Where is earth? It's where we are. We are his children. We are spirit beings. And we're existing on another planet. In order for us to have connection with our Father who is in heaven, we have to have the Holy Spirit. You cannot guess if you have it. Time is coming, and I'm going to use my favorite grammatical word, where things are going to get worser. And if we don't have the Holy Spirit, we're going to have trouble. More trouble than we have right now. You cannot guess that you have it. It doesn't even make sense for you to fake it for other people to think you have it. The Holy Spirit has fruit. And please understand that we are allowed to judge those of the church. That is literally where our area of domain is that we're able to judge. And the teachers in the kingdom of God need to get in place because the teachers are the one that runs the test. And the test tells us who is and who ain't. And the teachers, they, they work in cooperation with the prophets, all under the architect of the apostle, to say, I know we got a nice graduation coming up in January, I'm just speaking, but this class doesn't have the seal of their immunization on them. Their immigration, their naturalization, they have nothing. Somebody should get one on immunization in the kingdom. Did y'all catch that? Ooh, 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 ooh. Come on. So in order to be his children, we have to have the Holy Spirit. Everyone that enters the church building can profess Christ, but you cannot believe Christ unless you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. It is hard to believe any of this. We need help. We need influence. We need a new mind. We need to be transformed to understand things of the Spirit. In the book of Corinthians, he says, those without the Spirit can't understand things of the Spirit. So why are we arguing and debating with people who don't have the Spirit? And this is people who are in church, people who are in platforms. Some of your favorite people online. I didn't find out till I was in Bible college at Harford Seminary that a lot of church organizations do not require the pastors to be filled with the Spirit, and nor do they have to be saved. They just have to attend a Bible college and get the degree. Remember in our Minister Star Handbook, it talked about all of the education that a minister should have and then what you need as a pastor. I think it was, was it one of the Methodist churches? One of those, there's a few of them. I try not to mention them. <laughs> Just come out of me like Tourette sometime. But they didn't require you to be saved yourself. You don't even have to speak in other tongues. You don't even have to believe that the Holy Spirit has come. You just need to be trained in the Bible. Old Testament doesn't matter. And you are hired to teach in the church. Wow, where's Jesus? People need to be arrested. So the Holy Spirit needs to be in us. It is the connection between God and man. 
Well, someone might say then if you're if you're an apostolic thinker, if the kingdom of God is now on the earth, why do we need the Holy Spirit to talk to God? He's no longer in heaven because that is the medium in which he chose to communicate with his people. The same way it is if you go to any other country, if you don't know the language, you're going to say, hey, Siri, say, call me a cab. And whatever country you're in, she's going to speak the language for you. A lot of us are not speaking the language of our kingdom, but swear that we have relationship with the king of the kingdom and that we're hearing from him. Once we have this connection, this medium is met, the Holy Spirit is there, then we have the thoughts of God. And that's when the problems start. Because when we start having the thoughts of God, it goes against our thoughts. And that's why he reminds us, uh, your will ain't my will. When you find yourself doing things that you know you feel punked in, the Holy Spirit is taking residence. Because most times the Holy Spirit does not agree with you. Even when you are right in matters in life, the Holy Spirit will take your thinking away from what's right to how best to handle the situation. Anybody ever been right in a situation and has had to apologize? Even though you're right? And it's, you're kind of talking like your jaw broke? And I'm sorry. God said, they can't hear you. I can't hear you. I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry if. No, I didn't say if. You know they're offended. I showed you in a dream. I showed you in a vision. I showed you their face in service. You know they're offended. I didn't say if. They are offended. Go and release the offended. Go and release the offended. In, in the first temple days, you know, there was debtor's prison. People went to prison for not paying their debts. So now if we are manifesting a spiritual kingdom and he tells us to forgive our debtors as those, right? So that he can forgive us, we have to forgive, right? Trespasses and debtors. So now that we no longer have a brick and mortar prison, what do you think God does to us when we don't forgive trespassers and debtors? Come on, sir. There's debtor's prison. Remember, just nothing is, is in the natural. It's all spiritual beings. Pastor Kareem ready to preach. Once we have the Holy Spirit, it has sealed our naturalization in this kingdom, then we begin to have the thoughts of God because now we can be communicated by God via the Spirit of God. The Spirit communicates to the mind of man, which is the soul, right? And then man manifests, somebody say manifest. And then man manifests what God thinks, which is the will of God. How many of y'all manifesting God? We want to be gods. We got teachings telling us we're gods, but we're not manifesting the, the thoughts of God, the, the mind of God, the will of God. It's not manifested anywhere, but we want to be equal to God. The Holy Spirit is the middle, it's the medium. And the Holy Spirit begins to take the mind, the information, the data, or more appropriately, the will of God from God and transfers it into the Holy Spirit 
into the will of man. All while man is on this earth. You cannot tell me you know what God is saying or where God is at if you do not have the spirit of God. Well, how do we know if somebody has the spirit of God? Um, don't judge me. We have a right to judge in the kingdom of God. Kings always have judges. The issue begins now if we agree that we have the spirit of God and the spirit of God translates the will of God into the, the, the will of man and the spirit man now has to carry out the will of God, how have you been carrying out the will of God? How has that been working out for you? Are you even sure? I mean, this is a Sunday. We got a mixed bag in here. Are you even sure that you have the Holy Spirit? Are you filled with the Spirit of God? This is how the Bible teaches us that everyone can prophesy. Everyone can prophesy if we have the Spirit of God on the inside of us. Are y'all with me? So Matthew 11 and 12, the Bible says, from the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven was what? No. Open your Bibles. Jesus the Christ said the kingdom of God is at hand. And he said it's here. And he says going back to the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven was what he proclaimed, was what he preached, was what he talked about. He was preparing us for something greater. And that greater came through Jesus Christ. We have to stop being so slow about transforming this church mindset as we talked about in our morning staff meeting with the ministers this morning, we have to make sure that we have an education system in place for new members, including new believers, when they transition to a kingdom center, to a basilia center, that they have to understand how kingdoms work. Because most times, especially the era that we are living in right now, if people don't understand the agenda of the kingdom, they're going to think you're controlling. And they're going to start thinking you're a cult. Now, there are those out there. But if you know the Bible yourself, and you have the Holy Spirit within you yourself, you will know if what that man or woman is speaking is cult or kingdom. You don't need to go around asking people, is this a cult? Am I in a cult? It's in your spirit. And no disrespect, y'all. Let's be, let's be clear where we are coming in from. Amen? Anything before the kingdom was religion. What did I just say? They, the whole deal with the Old Testament was setting up his temple. The temple was the place of divine communication from heaven. Isn't that amazing? until he had a people to put the divine communication in. It was in the temple. So we are not just supposed to be, we are whether we walk in that place or not, we are ambassadors to the kingdom of heaven. Now let me go up here. So if the church is free, if it's finished, which we agree is the law, right? Why do we pay tithes? 
I want you to learn this today so it can be clear in your mind so these antichrist spirits are no longer something that you have to feel beat down by you tithe to a temple you tithe to a church you tithe to a priest understood what's the three places very good um, the Muslims have a tithe I think theirs is like two and a half percent or something like that the Jewish temple has a tithe the church somebody say church because I want to be clear on church and kingdom and you tithe to a priest the tithing to a temple a church and a priest went out when the temples were abolished oh boy here lies the problems so we don't pay tithes to a church because we no longer bring things to the altar are y'all with me making sense so far even though you know we know we bring ourselves to the altar but y'all know the old testament bring to the altar right I ain't asked y'all for no pigeons this week no turtle doves I ain't asked y'all for none of that this week <laughs> we are now an established kingdom and kingdoms have tax the argument with the tithe is because tithe goes to where temple church and priests which according to our understanding the kingdom of God is at hand so we're no longer the church the priest we have the priest and the king in us but I'm not a priest y'all not under a priest you're under pastors shepherds all New Testament teaching are y'all with me so now we are an established kingdom and we give a tax somebody say give a tax a tithe to the kingdom where we have our citizenship and understand this because you are so important to God you have dual citizenship and people with dual citizenship are taxed twice how many of y'all live in one state and work in another how many taxes do you pay to the city and if it's different states you have state tax. New York has multiple. This is what Jesus was explaining when he said, render unto Caesar what Caesar's. What does Caesar want rendered? Right. And what unto God is God. What is he talking about? The tax. He never changed the language. He would never have us assume if he's talking about the tax in the same sentence, he's still talking about the tax. It's a tax. Tithing to a temple, a church, and a priest went out when the temples were abolished. They really went out, I would like to clearly state, when the kingdom of God became on the earth. So we don't pay tithes to a church because we no longer bring things to the altar. We are now an established kingdom. Then we talk about that. We have a flag. We have a language. We should be so much more than we are, but we do have some things established. So what we render unto the kingdom and the king is a right some people still want to call it tithe and that's fine we understand where the language comes from there's no conflict there but a tithe to the kingdom where we have our citizenship understanding we have dual citizenship so we're taxed twice 
The difference between the natural planet tax or the natural citizen, the, the, the country that you're in, the earth tax, and our spiritual home is that we don't pay the tax. We give the tax. We are free, so we give it and not pay it. There's no services being rendered. Remember I told you I was mad at my pastor and I held the tithe back to get him back? That was actually Old Testament teaching. I didn't understand that. If the priests did not render services unto you and your family, they could not collect a tithe. So see, I wasn't Satan. Mm -hmm. the penalty of death is waived when we rob God y'all still hearing me but the consequence still remains y'all with me under the priestly order of Aaron the concept of giving the tithe really didn't exist the tithe was not given under Aaron it was paid can y'all feel a difference between that? Do y'all give ever source y'all money or do y'all pay? Is there a service that you get? Yeah. We have to pay. What happens if we don't pay? A love letter come. Nice letter with the big red on it, right? Uh-huh. In the days where we quote the scripture in Malachi, the tithe was not something that was given. It was paid. The difference is critical because giving involves the concept of you being free and having a free will. And it also evokes the involvement of your highest nature. That's how good God is. Are y'all still with me? While paying involves the concept of meeting one's financial obligations. Y'all with me? So I need to run my house, so I have to pay for electricity, have to pay for gas. Some cities have to pay for water. What's some of the things we have to pay for? Trash, what else? Mortgage, try, try to skip out on that. Insurance, now, now listen to this. You pay your energy bill, your gas bill, whatever it is, because you're receiving a service. So when you receive something, you are paying. Even with your gym membership. We were talking to a few people in here about the gym membership the other day. And they were like, how many of us have gym ties coming out of our, out of our bank account and we ain't been into the house of worship at the gym? And they don't care whether you're there or not. They faithfully take their money out of your account. Now, now gym ties have come way down from my day. Because you couldn't join a gym without $99.99 a month. They kept it under that $100 mark. I think now y'all get to go, what, $10, $10, $20? Okay. So they brought it way down. But try and see if you don't get locked out of that house for not giving them their gym tithe. Are y'all with me? So when you pay for services that are rendered, there's no emotional obligation to it. But you definitely have a financial obligation. These two coincidences or businesses that I named, they provided a service that I enjoyed or had access to, 
Even though I wasn't there, I had access to it. And I had to pay it for a whole month. Failure to do so would result in services being cut off. And eventually my name would even be taken from the Lamb's Book of Life. It might be in a collection agency. Tithing under the Levitical priesthood order was strictly a payment for priestly services. Isn't that interesting? We talked about that last week, Marcus. Do you remember? You were asking about that? Was for priestly services. It was to the priests of Israel. Because the priests, just like the Catholic Church today, has to give up ownership of everything they have, become a part of the priesthood, and they have to give it to the Catholic Church. That's why the Vatican is one of the richest places on the planet. Because we have to take this commonwealth vow, and we have to give everything we have so that it could be put in a big account so that everyone could have things in common. They were not allowed by divine decree to own their own land or business. God even gave them no inheritance. Their life occupation was to serve in the office of priests all the days of their lives. To ensure that these men and their families did not starve to death, because you know how folks could be. Are y'all with me? Because of financial lack, God gave them the tithes of the tribes of Israel. The tithe of the children of Israel were to replace the lack of land and secular wages. This is why we had a good talk in our, um, our in-services before about how the pastor of a church gets a housing allowance. They get money to help them live because we were never allowed as priests, now we're pastors of a kingdom, shepherds of a kingdom, priests of a temple, we were never allowed to have land. So the IRS still gives that benefit. Isn't that nice of them? They still give that benefits to senior leadership that you can have a housing allowance that's not taxed. So you can still see the kingdom in operation even in our government here in the United States of America. When, matter of fact, if you read more of the bylaws of the church and the government, the constitution, you can see much clearer God's kingdom than just coming to a church. So failure to give that tithe was tantamount to robbing a bank or stealing God. Stealing, robbing a bank or stealing money from God. Do you understand so far? You're making the connection? And this is exactly what the prophet Malachi was alluding to in Malachi 3 and 8 when he asked the question, will a man rob God? Withholding the tithe under the Levitical priesthood was like withholding paying your taxes. And we know in this country, even some very famous actors, I won't name their names today, was thrown in jail for tax evasion. You don't play with the tax. This is because in our United States government, it regards such actions as robbing the government, which is a felony offense. But on the other hand, since the tithe was payment to priestly services, the people who tithe had a legal right to expect the priests to provide them with the stipulated priestly services. Are y'all getting me? You see how it went from a services paid thing to now it's not considered a payment anymore to churches, to pastors. Y'all still with me? If the priests failed to perform their priestly assignments, 
they automatically forfeited their rights to the tithe from the people. Is that interesting? Under the priestly order of Melchizedek, the tithe is given a royal endowment. It's an honor to be able to tithe, which is a tax. The tithe is never paid out for services. We're going to get into it, especially more in ministers. We're going to do a lot of it in Bible study, explaining this order of the Levitical priest, the order even on David, Moses, um, under Aaron, and Melchizedek. It's both God and king of our New Testament. And a king is never on his own payroll. Even the mention, listen y'all, of paying your tithe is an insult to the eternal priestly order. Because paying out, paying tithes, indicates what? That we received a service. Which tells us, if God is good to me this week, I'll pay God. If God ain't good to me this week, if I don't get what I want, I don't get the job if he doesn't do this for me I withhold my tithe because the priest has not rendered services unto me so I have a right to withhold payment for services under the kingdom it's not a service fee that we're paying anymore you're paying a tax for receiving benefits of the kingdom now the tax in the earth does what? Anybody know what some of our taxes do? Infrastructure, walls, education. That's why if you send your kids to the public school by your house, they go for free. It's your tithe. It's your tax. If you want to send them somewhere else, you have to pay for it because you're paying tithe to that local government. What else does tax pay for? Government officials. Like who? When's the last time you wrote a check to your police officer? When's the last time you paid the fireman? Y'all getting me? Anything else you can think of? We said infrastructure. So the maintenance of the fire hydrants, right? Right, our disposals, right? The road, sewage, all of those things is what it pays for. So I want you in your homework assignment, I want you to take that same scenario and think of what's in the kingdom that is being received from the tax. I want y'all to do that. I'm not going to do it for you. I, mm -hmm. What I want you to focus on as I'm getting ready to end is paying tithe being an insult to God's eternal order. And I want you to understand this part. And pastors do not have to give us priestly services in order for them to earn a tithe or a wage or an income in the church. That was for church benefits. Even though we come together as a congregation, we, in this place that we congregate in, are kingdom citizens. I want to help y'all separate church from kingdom. Because church went out when John the Baptist warned us that it was coming. Jesus delivered the kingdom. 
This is no different than meeting in the government office. Um, some people call it a college. They call it, you know, a, a campus, a college. They call it um, satellite offices from heaven. We call it, um, that's real good. What else? Come on, y'all, I'm helping y'all think. I did my studying. Yeah, our gathering. Assembly. Ooh. Most times, the only time we really use the term church is because that's what the government recognizes, and we have to use it to follow the laws of the land. Because we didn't do a good job teaching them about the kingdom so they don't understand the, the order of the kingdom. That's why in the government, you're reverence. Even though in the church, we're elders. Even these collars. Y'all know it took me a long time to put this on, right? And I only do it out of submitted obedience to y'all. This was never Jesus's eternal order for his priests. Going back to what I taught last week, when Caesar took over Christians, even the term Christians, we won't get into today, how it manifests, where it came from. This all came from him. Jesus would show up right now and say, what's that y'all wearing? I don't even think he would want us to be wearing all this black. Are y'all with me? If anything, he would have jewels and stones. That's what he was about. But we're following this order that our government follows and that was brainwashed over Christians way back then because only a few people have gotten a glimpse naturally, I'm not talking about spiritual, a natural glimpse into this is not the order that Jesus set up. None of this. Even this platform. Jesus was always equal to the people. Now, we can admit churches have grown and the sizes are large, but Jesus had 5,000 men representing families when he would preach. But even this higher up, it came out of Catholicism to always make it clear that we are always over you. Psychologically, it has its impact and its influence. But understanding that if we're going to really operate as kingdom citizens, we have to understand it from the door all the way to the end. Are y'all with me? So the tithe used to be for what services? Priestly services. Yep. And it followed the church, which was the body of Christ, right? Do we even talk much about the body of Christ in the New Testament? I want you to look it up. We don't. It's kingdom. Kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. And, and, and I would even probably say it for myself, I allowed us to get a little too lax on the different language and the words. Not understanding that there are mindsets to words. And when we allow this level of relaxing to come, the people are not gravitating to the mindset because there's a language that goes with the mindset. So we do not pay our, what do we do? What's wrong with paying it? Because that means we have a right to expect services from it. And it's a dishonor to him. Because the king takes care of his citizens, period. Do you know why? Because his reputation is on the line. And a king will get talked about and robbed of his people 
if he's not taking care of his people right, another kingdom could come in, usurp his authority, and take his kingdom from him because we can take care of your people better than you can. So when he said, render unto Caesar what's Caesar's and unto God what's God, he was talking about a what? Come on. A tax, absolutely. The free will that we have with the, 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 the tax, I'm going to stick with the right language, is that we're not penalized. The, the sin of death. Priests were murdered for robbing God. And that's where Malachi comes from. Again, the consequences are there, but the penalty of death is not there. And that's why people said if the penalty of death was removed, why do we still die? We have to understand the law of the kingdom. How many of us would be dead? Because we robbed God. Literally. So do you see the freedom that we have in God? Because we give without expectation? And the, the greatest thing for me when I really learned tithing as a young Christian was I had to get man and personality out of the way. But we don't teach it, and we go along with what's popular. You know why we go along with what's popular? Because it's easier. So if all the other preachers are saying exactly what we're preaching, okay, it's wrong, but at least it's happening. The, the, the obedience is there. No, no, let's turn it around. The submission is there, but the obedience isn't there because people don't understand why they are tithing. What's the purpose of tithing? Is it not right to call it a tax? There is no tithe in a kingdom. The tax belongs to the kingdom. The tithe goes to the temples, the former church, the priesthood. So guess what happens? I want to end it because I, I, I heard from God not to make these long because I, it needs to stick. What do you think happens when you say or your motive is to tithe to the church? That was an Old Testament order. It was had to be done with the priests in the temple, which I'm calling the church. We're going to break that down further as we go along. But what do you think happens? Come on, somebody here knows this. Huh? Yeah, that's what we said today. But what's even more spiritual about it is that when you follow the Old Testament law, you have to follow the Old Testament laws. So if we're going to teach that God's going to open up the windows of heaven, he's going to pour out a, a blessing to you, um, you're going to be cursed with a curse. If we're going to teach that under Malachi, we have to also understand that you're going to die when you don't do it. And that you also need to get in here at a certain hour and light the candles for intercessory prayer. We need to put the brazen altar in here because you need to wash before you touch this altar. Somebody say it is finished. That was the priesthood order. And as, as Gentiles, as New Testament assembly, New Testament congregation, New Testament believers, those laws were not for us. And yet many religious affiliations apply them. So in our level of knowledge, 
We obeyed Malachi, right? No problem. But as we go from glory to glory, we have to understand that obeying one rule and breaking 99, exactly. So the teaching of this is to produce a mindset to help us continually move into kingdom order. There's an order that we are under. So somebody tell me what they got from what I said today, because I'm stopping right there. Go ahead, Minister Mike. Yep. Did y'all hear him? Someone else? Three rams in the bush. Joel? And why is that? Absolutely. Very good. Nicole? Say something else. I'll give you a minute to think. Who's going to help her and give her a minute to think? Where's the other ram in the bush? Ooh, I have to call on people, Corinda's. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The whole entire, and if y'all read it, you will understand a whole lot will come on us if we're not going to follow the whole thing. And it's clear in Scripture. The Scripture is very clear. If you're going to follow one, you have to follow all. This isn't just some mojo stuff that preachers are preaching to get you to do things. This is the order in which we are under. Amen? Minister Mike? Yeah. 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 And this is why in the, the morning staff meeting with y'all, we talked about how everything has become so lax in the church because we're still doing church. We have not transitioned. We ain't even meet John the Baptist yet. Never mind walking with Jesus. Because we're not teaching the people and preparing them for where we are and what's to come. Nicole? good that's good somebody's hand was here Carla yep do you know what any of the benefits are yet amen I'll take that anyone else before we go Joel The law of the land. Yep. And the law of the land got it from the priesthood that was never truly a priesthood. It wasn't even the, the order of Aaron. It wasn't an order of the Levitical priests. Do you understand what that means? Some of y'all look like y'all just like eyes are rolling inwards. I need you to get this because if we're going to do deliverance and healing, it comes from the kingdom. It doesn't come from a church. 
So before we get to when we're doing healing and deliverance, we've got to start shifting the mind of what it means to be a citizen in the kingdom. Because in the scripture, Jesus, the, the woman said to Jesus, even a dog want to eat the bread from the king's table. And Jesus said that the bread is for healing. That's a kingdom teaching. So we want the healings in the posture of a church. Remember, y'all, this is spiritual. So it's going to hurt a little bit, probably. Some fuse is going to burst and some, you know, transmission pipes is going to blow up in your brain for a little bit. Y'all been with me, y'all know it. But we've had a, a growth of new people, and they haven't gotten this. And I don't think that it's been reiterated to the newer people what the house stands on as a basilia, as a kingdom center. And there's benefits to being in a kingdom that are not a benefit of the church. And one is healing. One is jobs. Remember, we're lifting up the pay, and we're asking it to be what? Blessed and broken, as in what scripture? The two loaves and the, the, the five, the two fishes and the five loaves, right? How many of y'all did that? Are we good? Anybody have questions? Don't worry, y'all be dancing and singing another week. But today, we got to incorporate this establishment of what God has for us. Yep. What are the benefits of tithing to the, of taxing, being taxed in the kingdom? It's like we, we pay taxes in America, and we all name things that the tax goes for. What do you think it is for the kingdom? Darlene? Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Beautiful. Very good. It was one hand over here, and we're gone. Marcus. Right, the consequences are still there. That goes back to Deuteronomy. He said, if you do this, this will happen to you. If you do this, this will happen to you. So consequences is provision. It's there. But you're not, you're not paying a tithe, so you're not being murdered for not paying the tithe. They were murdered for not giving their tithe. You understand that? And that's why if you haven't tithed, you haven't been murdered. You're still alive. I still see you. But what has life been like? And I think people can testify to that. There's consequences because it is a spiritual law. The Holy Spirit came to bring the spiritual law. So the Holy Spirit is like the, the governor in your dashboard. You ever worked for a company or had a rental car in the old days? And they tried to put governors on the rental car, whereas if you go over the speed limit, it would literally stop the car from going any faster. That's what the Holy Spirit's job is to do. The Holy Spirit's job governs the law of God. 
in the former days, I didn't get into it today because I told you God told me to stop. And I'm going to stop like that every week. He, he, he taught before that there were people in place to enforce the law that was natural. There was two trees in the Garden of Eden, right? One was what? And what was the other one? Uh-huh. So when we chose to eat from the garden, the tree of good and evil, it invoked the law in the earth. The tree of life was Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. The, the other tree that they chose to eat from, I can't even say his name, is what instituted this law in the earth. And that's why we had to have the temple set up. We had to have the offerings. We have to go through all the rituals to get there. That's why some people in their religious of, of faith, they still do those things because they don't know it is finished. They don't know that the new thing he was doing was there is an honor to being in the kingdom. So you bring your tax into the storehouse, but you're not subject to paying the tax and then be murdered if you don't or the priest be murdered if they didn't render services are y'all good y'all look a little bit better a little color coming back yeah yeah that's right so it's not abolished it's fulfilled and the law was to stone us to kill us dead and now there's grace for us. But remember, consequences never go out. So next week, we're going to talk about the trees that was in the garden and what that law looks like and how it produced up until this day in our life. Amen? There was one more hand. Yours, and we're done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's why when we teach kingdom, we do it in comparison to our country. Our country isn't under a kingdom. How many of y'all watched the coronation of King Charles? Why did y'all watch it? Huh? Saw the pictures. Why did what did y'all think when y'all saw the pictures or watching it? Yeah, if you even go back and catch glimpses of it, you will be so amazed when you see the Bible in it. And this one lady, did y'all see she had to hold the sword? And she had to hold the sword? And she had to hold the sword? And no one could hold the sword but her. I'm grateful that they still have the monarch. I know everybody else ain't going to be in agreement with me. But even when it came down to, to Harry and Meghan, we don't even understand prophetically, spiritually, how powerful it was when they left the kingdom. That is literally symbolically what America is doing with the kingdom of God. And him, people ain't gonna like my statement, but him being wooed by her is the same spirit, and I believe, and I'm gonna leave that alone, is, is, is wooing us further and further away from the kingdom. He's been seduced, and it's by order and obligation because it is very clear of her position in her husband's life. But with the position she has, she wasn't raised in a kingdom. So that's like y'all meeting someone who's not raised in the kingdom and seducing you away because they don't understand the order and the importance of a kingdom and a monarchy. Isn't that deep? 
Do you know that now all the hands want to go up? I talked about Boaz being somebody else, and now y'all don't want him. Now, hands are up now, right? Hands up. But when you watch this stuff, you don't have to watch it because you like King Charles or you liked his mother. What was her name? Elizabeth. Somebody said, Diana, they bad as me. I was like, what's her name? I don't even remember her name. I'm with you, girl. But the importance of it is is that this is still a demonstration on this earth of the kingdom that's to come with Jesus. It's a demonstration on the earth. And so many people want that kingdom out. Y'all do know that. Many people said they weren't even going to follow King Charles. They weren't going to submit to him. They weren't going to be a part of that royal kingdom anymore. They want the kingdom out. Because that taste of America, Megan, infiltrated that order God I said I was stopping at one but y'all got me just talking now I'm not preaching no more I'm just talking I want to take your minds back because we're going to go there too if not next week it's the third week about Sarah and Hagar and I want you to think of those two sons what was their name and I want you to think of the monarchy's two sons God is speaking prophetically to us. I just don't talk this way to y'all. I talk to leadership this way. But it's time for us to come up in our understanding and to see prophetically the Bible is being played out in front of us. So don't watch it maybe because you care or you like it. Watch it for the education. Watch it because God uses media as a divine communication of information to us so we can hear God, see God, what he's saying, what he's not in, what he's not doing. Then you can make kingdom decisions on who would best suit America as a president. Because if we get any freer than we are now, <laughs> so think think on, you got the, the homework, I'm about to say soul work, like I'm in counseling with you. I want you to think of the homework and I want you to think of the tree in the garden and I want you to think of the two sons because that's what split our kingdom. The two women and the two sons. Is that enough of y'all that got y'all inspired? Yeah, y'all look like y'all a little excited now. These crazy people. These crazy people. That's why I didn't come in here dancing and shouting it because y'all crazy. Amen. We're going to go home, stand to your feet. What happened? Okay. Amen. And remember, men, please see ADT Jerry, Minister Bernard. After service, they have the material for you um, to get men's fellowship moving forward. You're going to love the material. I know it myself. And it's, um, it's definitely a kingdom-level teaching for the men. And we are expecting y'all to gravitate to particular parts of the teaching so that you can teach it yourself. Amen? Because that's what we do in here. However... If you are shy or you're working out some things and you're just not ready to teach, it is not mandatory for you to teach. There's always enough people who want to be under the spotlight. You can enjoy your little hidden place for a little while. But whatever you do, don't stay away from the teaching. It's going to impact you as men in the kingdom. Our hearts and minds clear? Father, we thank you for the revelation on today. We thank you for the Holy Spirit on today. We thank you as a unit. We take emphasis and time in this house to shift minds that were maybe struggling or minds that got content from all the years of teaching and and father those that have come in here new and never understood the naturalization process 
of being migrated and then immigrated into a kingdom. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit teach like I cannot teach. I pray that the Holy Spirit moves upon hearts and minds and bring a level of definition, a level of understanding and practicality so that people don't get confused and frustrated in their confusion. I thank you as we finish this segment in Bible study that our segment to Bible study can transition into the next phase that you have given us for vision in this church. I pray for every mind under your authority. I pray for every heart to receive the Holy Spirit. I pray for those that are suffering with income losses, that they would get the mind of the kingdom and receive the finances of a king. I pray for those that are suffering with household problems, problems in their marriage, problems with their children, those that are having problems on a job, that you would give them kingdom strategy and how to move about in those places in the marketplace. I thank you, Father, for awaking us, for calling us in. I thank you for every visitor. I thank you for every citizen. And I pray most of all that in all of our getting, that we get an understanding. We bless you, Jesus, as our King and as our Lord. And we say it in our own selves. I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. If there's anyone that wants to come up to the altar for prayer, you're welcome to come. If there's anyone that wants to come up because you want to become a part of the Apostles House, you're welcome to come up now. Cameras are off and we'll be willing, happy to talk to you. For anyone else, you are dismissed from this service today. And we just thank you for being with us today. Um, Minister Bernard has something. Something to say. No, no. Oh. <laughs> No, listen, um, I came up with, I have an idea, um, a, a vision of mine to give back into things that I like to do, and I wanted to do something different. Um, so, like, I was cooking, um, and, um, and I have a lot of different recipes, and, and I wanted to do things different. You know, um, and and doing that so it can be something special, you know, something unique. You know, I can't, you know, I was sitting there thinking about I went to Costco's and looked at some 